referred to the living Christmas tree. This is, of course, the first Sunday of, um, of Advent and the Sunday at the conclusion of um, Rivalry Week in college football, and we're all still one in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Well, so, somewhat unenthusiastic amen, but I, I'll take it. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale, some of you remember the name Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote a book in 1952 titled The Power of Positive Thinking. He was at the time uh, pastor of Marble Collegiate Church in New York City, and he was the founder of Guidepost Magazine, which some of us have read so often and so long. And that book was so popular, it is still in print. Some, what's that, from 52? That's 60-some years uh, later. Now, some people uh, said it was like gospel light, that it was kind of like, you know, self-help uh, psychobabble. And I've never, I've not read the book. But the title of the book to me is intriguing, The Power of Positive Thinking. Maybe you heard the old story about the man who moved to town and um, this newcomer met an old timer, a, a, a resident, a local resident, and, and asked the local resident, the old timer, uh, are the people in this town friendly? The local resident, the old timer, responded, well, what were the people like in the town you moved from? The newcomer said they were uh, snooty and stuck up and I couldn't wait to get away from them. The old timer responded, you know, my hunch is you're going to find the people here to be just like that. And then two weeks later, another newcomer came to town and found the same old timer, the same local resident and asked the same, qu the same question. Are the people here friendly? Well, the old timer asked, what were the people like in the place you moved from? And he said, they were friendly and kind and I hated to leave them. The old timer, the local resident responded, you know, my hunch is you'll find the people here to be just like that. See, how we see things depends on, uh, on how we look at things, right? How we see something depends largely on how we look at it. A few moments ago, you heard Sarah and Sarah read from Philippians 4 and 2 Corinthians 10, and we're going to look at those. We're going to walk through those texts, and we're going to see what the Bible says about the power of positive thinking, because it's not just self-help uh, psychobabble. The Bible really does help us to be more positive. Number one, uh, let's be positive in our relationships, even the hard ones. Let's be positive in our relationships, even the hard ones. Philippians 4 begins with Yodia and Syntyche. There was something that was dividing the two ladies. We don't know what it was. But you would imagine that if it was a big theological issue, if it was a big church matter, that Paul would have weighed in on it. Paul often weighed in on the big issues. But this was something that was dividing them. And so I think we can guess, and it's, I think it's an educated guess, that this was not a big theological or church matter. It was perhaps something that either Yodia or Syntyche could have, could have just moved beyond, could have, maybe it was an offense that they could have just looked over. The truth is that, that insensitive people will say ridiculous things. Somebody will write an email that, that they wouldn't, and say something they wouldn't have said to you in person. Somebody will jump on social media and say something they wouldn't have said in person. Insensitive things say 
insensitive people say ridiculous things. You'll be insulted, disappointed, offended. Insults, disappointments, and offenses are inevitable. Our responses, however, are not inevitable. We can choose our responses. Listen to these words from a section of the Bible called wisdom literature. Proverbs 12, 16. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Proverbs 19, 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Ecclesiastes 7.21, do not pay attention to every word people say. Do not pay attention to every word people say. One sign of, of a growing spirituality is the increasing ability, the growing ability to overlook an insult, a disappointment, or an offense. Now, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about overlooking abuse. Paul Meyer, Dr. Paul Meyer wrote a wonderful book titled, Don't Let Jerks Get the Best of You. And he's right. Don't let, you don't have to let jerky people get the best of you. It, when you're being abused or attacked, you can say, I don't, I don't have to listen to that. You can absent yourself from abusive people. In fact, let me plead with you. If you are in an abusive relationship, please leave that relationship. You, are, you bear the image of the Creator. You are a prince or a princess, a son and daughter of the king. You, you, are not, you should not allow yourself to be abused. But insults, disappointments, and offenses are not abuse. The truth is, insensitive people will just say ridiculous things. So, in the immortal words of Taylor Swift, players going to play, 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 play. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. But baby, I'm just going to shake, shake, shake. Shake it off. Woohoo! That's what she says. You know, there's a lot of truth in what Taylor Swift sings. Haters going to hate. Insensitive people going to say ridiculous things. And, and, and even, the, it's not just Taylor Swift. The Bible says that that foolish people, you can see when they're offended right off. You can see the way they act. But wise people, prudent people, will just shake it off. In the words of the Bible and Taylor Swift, just shake it off. Don't be easily offended. Some relationships are hard. We can be positive even in the hard relationships. Number two, be positively grateful. Philippians 4, 6, we heard a moment ago. Do not be anxious, but with prayer, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. If we will be thankful for what we have instead of fretting for those things we do not, we will live happier, healthier lives. It won't be long until I'll be watching my favorite Christmas movie again. I have it uh, taped and I watch it every year. My second Christmas, favorite Christmas movie is the, uh, the animated version of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But my first favorite Christmas movie is White Christmas starring Bing Crosby. One scene in the movie, of course, they're at the lodge. You might remember the movie. They're at the lodge in Vermont. And um, there's one night where the, the, Bing Crosby's character, 
can't sleep. And so he comes down to the lodge in, in that Vermont lodge and to get a midnight snack. And the young lady he's falling in love with also cannot sleep. And she comes down and, and she's worried and she can't sleep. And he sings, if you're worried and you can't sleep. Y'all want to sing with me, don't you? Just count your blessings instead of sheep and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. Billy, this is not so hard. You just, <laughs> yeah, you just wave your arms and they sing. It's, it's, I can't sing like Bing, but I can choose to be grateful for what I have instead of fretful over what I do not. It's true that life is hard and sometimes unfair. Whistling Jack knew that. Whistling Jack was a homeless man in New York City. Taylor Field told, told this story. Taylor Field was the founding pastor of Graffiti Church, one of our mission partners. Taylor Field met Whistling Jack on the streets of New York. Whistling Jack was a surgeon whose drinking problems landed him homeless. But he was wise. And he once said to Taylor Field, the people who do not survive on the streets are those who are angry because life is unfair. The people who make it on the streets are those who find something to be thankful for, even in the worst of circumstances. May I quote Whistling Jack again? The people who do not make it on the streets, he said, are those who are angry because life is unfair. The people who make it, he said, are those who find something to be thankful for, even in the worst of circumstances. It is possible to be thankful for what we have and choose not to be fretful for what we have not. It will help you survive the streets. So we can be positive even in hard relationships. We can look for the best and, and we can be positively grateful. And three, we can think about positive things. God said through Paul, and we heard it a moment ago, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Peter Pan could fly, and the kids who knew him wanted to fly too, and they tried, and they were frustrated, and they asked him, Peter Pan, how do you fly? And he said, you just think lovely, wonderful thoughts and they lift you up in the air. Well, I, thinking positive thoughts won't let you fly. However, there's a kernel of truth in the words of Peter Pan. Life is just healthier and happier when we think about positive things, which means, of course, not thinking about negative things. Carrie, my wife has hit me only once since we've been married in 38 years. Has thought about it a few more times, but has hit me only once. It was in the middle of the night. And um, I awakened to Carrie beating on me. My screams of terror uh, woke her up. And 
she apologized and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I was, um, I was dreaming that I was being attacked by a man with a knife and it was, it was either him or me. And so she took it out, uh, she took it out on me. You know why she was, you know why she had that bad dream? Because on the nightstand next to her side of the bed was a book she was reading. If it was a, it was a novel, if it had been a movie, we would have called it, we would call it a horror movie. It was a scary book that she was reading. Now, I'm not saying don't watch scary movies or read scary novels, but you've heard the whole, you know, garbage in, garbage out. We take in negative stuff. We end up hurting other people sometimes and sometimes end up hurting ourselves. Think about noble and good and and positive things. Carrie, on that same note, Carrie and I like watching um, TV shows. We, we like to watch them all the way through. Now, it takes us sometimes a month or two or three. We'll, we'll start, we find one, and we'll watch it on, you know, like Netflix or Apple TV. We'll find a, a, a show we like. We'll watch like the episode one and maybe two if we have time. And then maybe another couple of nights later, we'll watch three and four. And if there's several seasons, we'll watch you know, all the way through. Then we move on to something else. But I don't get to watch a lot of TV. I'm usually studying Latin and Hebrew and that kind of thing. But when we, <laughs> when we have time. But we started one recently that we stopped after three or four episodes. <clears throat> One was language. Now, I, we're not prudes, and we know that, that golly is not the worst thing that people sometimes say. I'm 62. I may have said worse than golly once or twice myself. But it does seem like some writers are, nowadays are trying to mainstream, you know, to, to normalize the most obscene of, of words. And that, so, you know, I... So we, we didn't like that. And everything is dark. The story is dark. The, nobody's happy. There's no good guys. Everybody's got a bad side. It, it just seems so dark. And it seemed like not something that we wanted to, we wanted to watch. Think about positive things, about generous, about worthy things, about uplifting uplifting things. Let me ask you, honest, are you, a, are you a positive? Would people describe you as a positive person? Or would they say, ah, he, he, she's kind of negative? If, if those were the only two options, when people describe you and the way you talk about people, would they say, you know, he is always, she is always seeing the best in people? Or would they say, you know, he tends, she tends to look for the, the, wor for the worst in people. When it's the future, do you, would people say that you, you're positive about the future or, or do you worry way too much? Would people describe you as a positive, honest, a positive person or a negative person? If you're a negative person, you are robbing people around you of a great deal of joy. And you're missing out on a great deal of joy yourself. So let's be positive in even hard relationships and let's be positively grateful and, and let's, 
let's just think about positive things. The final thing is from 2 Corinthians 10.5. We heard that read a moment ago too. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive. Think about that image. That's the image of, of fugitives, of somebody running that shouldn't be running. And it's like, catch them. Lock them up. Put chains on them. Put a fence around them. Take them captive. Don't let them run away. Our thoughts, we have to grab them when they're, when they're going to dark places. To take them captive, that's not easy, but we can practice it and we can discipline ourselves and, and we can get counseling even if, if we tend too often to go to dark places. It is possible. There is no switch to flip. But there's a choice to make. I remember my first varsity high school football game. It was 21 years ago in Virginia. And I was working as the linesman, which meant I looked down the line of scrimmage and stand over near the sideline. And, and um, I was nervous. I had studied all week and I'd studied so hard I was convinced I, I, never, would, I never would be able to remember everything. And, uh, and Malcolm Little, the late Malcolm Little, was the umpire, which meant he was in the middle of the field, and I was over there. And about halfway through the second quarter, Malcolm Little looked at me and said, this is supposed to be fun. You don't look like you're having fun. And he was right. I was wound up so tight. I was so nervous. That, and this was, it's a hobby, and I'm supposed to enjoy it. I was not enjoying it. But you know, I thought, you know, he's right. There was no switch to flip, there was, but there was a choice to make. And I decided I'm going to enjoy this. Now, I was still nervous, but I, ha I really enjoyed the rest of that game and have enjoyed every game since. There is no switch to flip, but there is a choice to make. I'm not talking about being unrealistic. I'm not talking about being Pollyanna and you know, everything's going to be wonderful. But somebody, I read somewhere, somebody gave this example. So think about this with me. You see a spot on your arm. You see a spot on your arm that you've not seen before. You have one of, you have two options. Option number one is, there's a spot on my arm. Skin cancer begins as a spot. Skin cancer is deadly. What will my family do without me? I'm too young to die. Right, that's option number one. Option number two is, there's a spot on my arm that I've not seen before. I'll watch that, and if Friday, by Friday it's still there, I'll call the doctor and have it seen about, and I think I'll go have a cup of coffee. See, two options. I'm not talking about ignoring a spot. You might, by Friday, need to have it seen about. But don't let your thoughts go so quickly to a dark place. Two Sundays ago, I stood here and I shared with you part of our, our family's uh, difficulty. The next morning, we were in the chapel. We have prayer time every, every Monday morning, and you're all welcome. 7, 7.30 in the chapel, 7.30 to 8. Some people join by Zoom, so it's kind of hybrid. But coming off of that Sunday, that prayer group was, was ministering to me. We've been meeting 
uh, some of us for more than three years. And so we know each other well and we minister to each other. But we're not a closed group. You're all welcome. But that Monday morning, they were ministering to me and I, I confessed uh, my, my worst fear, my darkest nightmare. I said it out loud. And Linda Powers, God bless her, a lady of prayer and deep spirituality, said immediately but gently, we take captive every thought. She was quoting from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. We take, thought, we take captive every thought. We don't let it run to the darkest of places. There was no switch to flip, but there was a choice to make. I think Jesus would have more friends if his present friends were more positive. There really is power in positive thinking. <clears throat>